come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We sailed from trial straight for Samothrace and came to Neapolis the following day. From there, we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in that city for several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile God worshiper from the city of Thyatira, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you have decided that I'm a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. And may God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. And may God give us wisdom and courage as we do our best to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. So there are some important places in this passage of Scripture, and I want to explain to you what the importance of them is. So Paul is an apostle. He's one who is sent by God to preach the message that God wants him to preach, which is the good news of the gospel. Anybody know what the good news of the gospel is? If I say it in one sentence, you're like, oh, he's going to call on me if I raise my hand. I won't. I'll tell you the way that I interpret it. Jesus' death and resurrection proves to us that God not only loves us, but God likes us. And that's a big, big deal. <clears throat> that our sins are forgiven. We don't have to perform to receive the love of God. It doesn't matter how good you are. God still loves you. And so all of the stuff you've heard throughout your life about don't do this and don't do that, and you like rip tight, and it's called sin management. Sometimes we think Christianity is a sin management program where we manage our sins. It's not that at all. Christianity is a transformation program that changes you from the inside out. People couldn't believe what Jesus was and who he said he was. His own brother doubted that he was the Messiah. And it wasn't until they saw him on the cross and saw him walk out of the tomb that they understood. And it's the same for us. It's not until we see the risen Christ that our lives change forever. And so that's the gospel that Paul was going to preach. He was one sent to places. To preach these messages and he went to several different places and couldn't get there for whatever reason the Spirit of God was stopping him and then he ends up in another region and the interesting thing is that he was trying to get essentially to Asia to preach and he ends up in a different place altogether and the first person he meets is a woman named Lydia or the first person we're told of that he meets they were there for several days we don't know how long but the first person he meets is a woman named Lydia from guess where? Asia. And so he had been trying to get to this place to preach the gospel, and God sent him to a different place, and he still got to preach the gospel, not to just any woman, 
but to the leader of her household and the leader of a house church. They found a place of prayer where there was essentially a woman pastor, and he helped her to understand the gospel, gospel more fully. And just like the Ethiopian eunuch, she wanted to be baptized. And so he baptized her, and she convinced them to stay at her house. The word convinced in this passage is only ever used, or persuaded, I should say, persuaded us. She persuaded us. The word that's translated as persuaded is only ever used in the New Testament one other time. And it's at the story of Emmaus, the walk to Emmaus that people talk about. That story happens on Easter evening, the evening of the resurrection. Two of Jesus' disciples are walking down a dusty road. They're excited. They've seen Jesus. They've heard that Jesus is risen. They're having this crazy experience, and they're walking down the road, and they encounter another traveler, another pilgrim going the same direction they are, and they start to talk to this other traveler, and they're telling him the whole story about Jesus and what he did and how he healed people and how he, he led people to be free from de demonic presence, and he was doing all these amazing things, and then they murdered him, and, but the thing is, he rose from the dead, and, and this traveler ends up being convinced to stay at their house that night. And they sit down and they have this like nice, crusty loaf of bread, unleavened, not sure. And they break it open and it's warm. I would imagine they spread butter on it and it melts into it, you know what I'm talking about. And their eyes are open. They realized that the whole time they were traveling, they were talking with Jesus. Our callings are weird. Paul is trying to get to one place. He has an idea that he wants to go and preach the gospel in Asia. And the Spirit of God, for some reason, stops him from doing that and sends him in a different direction. And the way it happens is he has a dream at night in which a man is standing on the banks of the river saying, come to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave. That word we, right there in the book of Acts, is where the book of Acts changes. Up until that point, the narrator is saying, Paul and he and Peter and they, but all of a sudden, now it's we. We went. The way that I understand that and interpret that change is that to, to live out the mission that we're called to as individuals, it takes a community. We don't do it on our own. When I started feeling called to be a, a, an elder, a preacher in the Methodist church, I didn't just kind of make the decision. A community helped me make the decision, and this is how it worked. I told my pastor, whose name is Craig Cockrell, I feel like I'm being called to do this other thing. And he said, well, you need to write a letter to the district superintendent and get some other people involved. And so I wrote a letter to the district superintendent. His name was Barry Dickens. Barry is the person who told me it's not just that God like, loves you, that God likes you. So I wrote a letter to Barry. And in the meantime, I met with the leadership board at my church. 
And they were like, yeah, we definitely see a calling on your life. And you're, you're like being called into ministry. We see that. Let's talk to the rest of the church about it. So we had a church-wide meeting. And this is how it would happen here. If, if it, well, I'm going to start pointing people out. But, uh, if somebody starts feeling called to ministry. This is how it would happen. And we would all gather together. And that person would stand in front of us and talk about their call. And then Greg would stand up as the board chair and say, yeah, we met as a board and we talked to them also. We definitely think they're being called. And then we would have a vote and help them discern that call. And then it goes on to other pastors helping and other people around the state helping discern the call. It's not just done in a silo and isolated. It's an incredible thing when we work as a community to enact a vision that God has given us as individuals. And it could be us as a church, or it could be you with your family and your family's friends. It could be you and your growth group enacting a vision that God has given you. Notice Paul has the vision and we made it happen. And the beautiful thing is, it's still happening. But to get to that place, Two things, well, three things had to happen. The first was Paul had to talk about it. He couldn't be afraid and shy and think like, me? Like, no, we can't do that. That's crazy. He had to share it with people. Talk to the people around you about what it is that you think God may be calling you to do. Because here's the fact. God is calling you to do something. The second thing is he asked the question. He listened, and he allowed himself to be open, not only to hosting, but to being hosted. That's an important part. Lydia welcomed them into her prayer circle, and they conversed and talked, and she understood the gospel in a more full way. And then she was baptized, and then she hosted them more by convincing them to come and stay with her. And what happens the rest of the story is Paul and his friends end up getting arrested and thrown into jail for preaching the gospel. And this crazy, miraculous thing happens where they get out and the jailer becomes a follower of Jesus. And they need a place to stay. And guess where they go? Lydia's house. And her church welcomes them in and takes care of them multiple times. Sometimes we think it's our job to always be the host. But it's important that we make ourselves vulnerable and allow ourselves to be hosted. My friend Todd Selaw was here several weeks ago talking about his church in Albuquerque. You may remember him. He's, he was uh, my friend who uh, baptized a guy in the back of a bar with a, with a pint glass. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. So when I lived in Abilene, my next door neighbor was a guy named Hal. His wife's name was Bobby. And their roommate's name was Grumpy. I think he had another name, but I don't know if anybody knows what it is. I'm not even sure he knows what it is. I don't think Grumpy owned a shirt. I don't remember ever seeing him wear a shirt. I saw him wear bell-bottom pants a lot, but never a shirt. His beard was basically a shirt. It was around this long. He always had a knife strapped to his hip. And I guarantee you there was a gun somewhere on his motorcycle. And one night, we pulled into our driveway, and I looked across the street to where Hal and Bobby and Grumpy lived, and there were lights on in the garage, and I could tell there was a party going on, and I went on into my house. 
And the next day, Hal caught me outside and he said, hey man, I saw you look over there and I know you saw the lights on in the shop, but you didn't come over. I asked you to come over sometime when there's a party, you didn't come over. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll come over sometime. And so a few weeks later, we pull into the driveway and I look over and the lights are on in the shop. And I remember looking at Michelle and saying, I think I'm gonna go over there. It wasn't a place that I felt comfortable. Like, I, you know, I'm not a member of the Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> and I think they were. And so I walked across my street, walked across their yard, and went into the shop. And Hal comes over and like give, puts his arm around me, like pulls me in and yells to all these bikers that are in the garage, hey everybody, this is my neighbor, the preacher I've been talking about. And they had all kinds of weird things to smoke, which mom, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> and they had a whole lot of things to drink. And, and that I, I didn't a whole lot. And, but I was hosted. I was hosted and I was hosted well. And the incredible thing that happened was this barrier that I felt between me and my neighbors because of the obvious differences in our, our lifestyles and even the way we look were broken down. And what happened was a friendship struck up and to this day, they are the best neighbors that I've ever had. And they started coming to a Bible study that we would have at our house, and that's how when Todd called and said, my van is broken down, I went and got Hal and Grumpy, and they went and fixed my friend Todd's van, that his van was traveling around it. And then Todd got to officiate Grumpy's wedding, and he had a shirt on at the wedding. <laughs> but that's what happens. These crazy things happen when we open ourselves up to the Spirit of God and say, yes. I'll go wherever, Thyatira or, uh, you know, Donya Anna, wherever it is that, like, God is calling you to go. Just say yes and go, and whoever's there to host you, be hosted. Like, just open yourself up to the movement of the Spirit of God, and you will never know what happens if Paul had not gone to this place and not been hosted by Lydia. They wouldn't have had a place to go to hide the jailer with them when they were being sought by the Roman authorities. This whole world opened up just by Paul saying yes. Morning Star. My prayer for us, like me as an individual and you as individuals and us as a, 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 a church in the city of Las Cruces in the state of New Mexico is that we would say yes to the Holy Spirit. I don't know how that looks for you. I don't know what that feels like for you when the Holy Spirit is leading you to do something. This is what it looks like for me. Frustrating. I want to go to this place and it's not working out. I've told you before that when Jesus is baptized, Maddie, when Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water and the Spirit of God descended like a, you might remember, pigeon. The Bible says dove, but that same word is the same word they use for pigeon. Did you see a pigeon or a dove? You saw a dove? The pigeon comes down. You know what pigeons do? They go everywhere that there are people. And they make messes on everything that they're not supposed to make a mess on. And that's how I experience the Holy Spirit. But it's the most beautiful thing ever. That night, in that garage, I was completely on 
uncomfortable with. I didn't like the way it smelled. I didn't like the things that were happening. There were guns out around places that I didn't feel comfortable with. And it's not like I'm an anti-gun person, it's just like the reason they owned those guns I didn't feel comfortable with. The substances that were being passed around I didn't really want to be around. But the Holy Spirit did something in that garage that night. And it has changed people's lives because relationships were developed. Friends, we have to say yes. As often as you can, say yes. And do it in the name of our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. Maddie, your, your plans are gonna get messed up. Just come. Like, whatever plans that you think 